Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. Today we're going to talk about something that every life coach needs to work on and it's something that my partner struggles with. Noelle Cordeaux, we're talking about self-care. Yes, good morning. Hello. Yes. Uh, so why do you struggle with self-care? Give us your self-care history. So my self-care history. Um... By the way, I want to say thank you for being honest and thank you for being vulnerable. And I think as life coaches, there's this expectation to you know, portray our lives as perfect and we take care of ourselves so well, blah, blah, blah. I love that you are saying that, you know what, this is something I struggle with. It's something I struggle with. And I've been, this last week, I've been really trying to show myself and show my vulnerability and not try to um, pretend that everything's fine and everything's okay. Because I think it's important, especially as a leader and somebody who look at, who people, you know, our coaches look at me and say, wow, you know, Noelle does all this stuff. She has such a cool life. And, and I can kind of say, yeah, and I'm also completely human. And every so often I get the winds knocked out of my sails and here's what it happens. Here's what it feels like. Um, so it's, it's been an exercise in vulnerability for days, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, so your question, what is my self-care history? So, yeah. Like have, um, have you always struggled with self-care or was there a time in your life where uh, self-care was not a problem at all? And it was more like uh, the entrepreneurship and business and taxes and stress and all that that made it difficult. Yeah, I think that I had a really brief window in my late teens and early 20s when um, – when I engaged in my own version of self-care through community, um, I belonged to a really awesome community of music fans and we would all tour and go see shows together. And those were very close friendships. Um, it was, um, a, a lot of people taking care of each other, uh, cooking food, um, providing housing and shelter if people needed it, you know, just really helping each other out. And for me, that was nourishing. And I remember those years as just so distinctly beautiful and having had lots of energy and having friends in my house and just people in and out. And there were always people, um, you know, doing life together. Yeah. Um, and then I grew up. <laughs> did you uh, did you live in a commune? <laughs> no. It sounds amazing, actually. I mean, it was, I guess, so like, I, I love communal living and the direction that I would like to go in, in my life is actually to live in a commune. And so I have some dear friends that were very actively talking about what it would be like to own a property and everybody have their own little house on it. And as we age, we don't have kids, you know, take right. care of each other and kind of go off into the sunset that way. Um, so I'm huge on communal living. It, it is amazing. Um, we, it was a commune. It was a collection of friends that were local and from all over the country. Mm. And it was a time in all of our lives where we were very mobile. Right. And so friends would flow in and out of each other's homes um, with consistency and regularity. And it was really fun. And I, at the time, I owned uh, a three-story townhouse and mm. Um, I had lots of different folks who lived with me over the years and it was really beautiful. 
So what's interesting about self-care is that um, you're not supposed to do it by yourself. Yep. Nope. The word self should not be there. Care. Just care. <laughs> Communal care. Just care. Communal care. And which, yeah. which, which goes back to this whole, you know, um, find your tribe thing that we talk about a lot. Yes. So what happens, uh, because most people actually don't have that, you know, um, you're very fortunate to have that in your 20s. And most people uh, do the grind on their own. I mean, they may have a partner or they may have some friends, but we don't have this uh, surrounding tribe that we come home to that's going to, you know, notice when we're falling down and all that. Absolutely. And, you know, if you if you pull the veil back a little bit further, that's so much pressure on one partner to provide for the other. Um, the, yeah. and, and, you know, this isn't a judgment call. It's just true. We live in a society that values binary relationships. And when I say binary, it typically means one man and one woman. Right. And so, you know, couples are getting burnt out. Young families are getting burnt out. You know, humans are not built to shoulder the amount of isolation that we typically experience. And, and you can be in a partnered relationship and still be very isolated. And there's a lot of pressure on folks to have their needs met, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. by that one partner and that one partner only. So it's kind of not fair and you don't really get, get care or self care from that one person. Yeah. So what does self care look like for you? these days? Well, for me right now, it's about really tuning into my body. Mm -hmm. And especially and this is something that's new for me is tuning in to my level of intellectual and psychological exhaustion. Mm. Because so it's like an internal, it's an internal thing for you. It's, it's an internal clock. And, and what we know about humans is that there's, you know, there's, there is a, a positivity to negativity ratio. If you experience 11 negative things for every one positive thing, or if that's the way your lens is crafted at 11 to one, a human being will experience breakdown. Yeah. Period. Yeah. It's just, you mean it's just a matter of time, like if that's happening daily or it, weekly. It, exactly. If that's happening daily or weekly and things are just piling and piling and piling. So do you and, think even with thoughts, like if, you know, people say we have 60, 70,000 thoughts a day, if 40,000 of those are negative, do you think that alone our, our thoughts can um, stumble us and bring us down and yes, us Yeah. Probably not to the point where it's causing a psychotic break, right. but... I mean, if you think about it, when you engage uh, your thoughts through a negative lens, you're you are um, you're dealing with your nervous system, mm-hmm. which is your fight or flight response, yep. uh, which is very fast and rapid, and you're keeping your your brain and your body in a state of fight or flight. So there's damage on your cardiovascular system. You're not giving your um, your you're not giving your limbic system a break. It's on overdrive. Um, your endocrine system is on hold and that's the slow pulsing of oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, um, and you're coursing your body with cortisol. Wow. I love that. Um, you're the science behind this because (laughs) everything you just said is just Chinese to me, but, um, I think our listeners uh, appreciate the science behind all the stuff that we're talking about. And so thank you for that. Yeah. And, and the, the irony is like, I know it, 
but living it and oh, doing it for myself that's a whole is, different yeah it's a whole different ball game yeah it's and i got to say you know um to any life coach listening or to our catalyst life coaches one of the biggest misconceptions is that you know we have to have quote unquote perfect lives and that is not true and that's something you need to let go of you know i got to admit a lot of times i'm a lot of uh do as I do, not as I do as I say, not as I do, and that's because I'm not perfect and I fall short on a lot of things. Um, coaching someone is a different skill set than living a, you know, a quote unquote perfect life. <laughs> well, I mean, I tell all of our coaches all the time. You know, you you can still be having a shit week and be good at your job. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, being good at your job is being good at your job. Yes. Um, you know, it was a huge lesson for me this week that I'm so grateful for is there's a woman who has become a mentor to me and she's um, pretty much, I look at her and her strength and her character and what she's been able to do in this world. And it's really impressive. And, you know, 15 years from now, that's what I want. I want to have mm. that level of courage and mm. influence in the world. And I've been feeling really crappy about myself. I've been feeling like, why can't I quote unquote, get it together? Mm -hmm. Why can't I just emotionally regulate and, and put my head down and keep working at a furious pace? And, um, yesterday she shot me an email and we were supposed to have a call and she said, Noelle, I'm really down for the count. I got some crappy news yesterday and it took the wind out of my sails and I need to rest and recoup. Mm -hmm. And that gave me pause because oh because you saw her as such a you know wonder what like you know world dominating kind of and then she had a fall or well, why did that give you pause it, it was it was the juxtaposition of um a, a really valid and reasonable emotional response to something bad that had happened and then the need for rest afterwards mm. And the second part is is where my self-care is lacking, that if I go through a very stressful situation or um, things just kind of pile on, I might get to the point of emotional release or breaking. I might cry. I might acknowledge to everyone that I'm, quote unquote, having a hard time. Um, but what I don't do is then rest. Mm, right. To recharge my batteries and and to have that modeled for me it both gave me permission to say you know what when I when I take a hit I take a hit and that's okay and then I need to rest (laughs) yeah and that's what you struggle with is the rest part and I well I it, it, it almost came from um, naivety where I've been feeling like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just get back up again? Why can't I just bounce back? And, you know, in the Catalyst Intensive, one of the things that I teach is about nervous system response and mm-hmm. how zebras, when they see a lion, they run. And then if they escape the lion, they take a nap immediately afterwards and then they wake up and they have a good meal and they go on about their day and they give their bodies a chance to recover from all of that adrenaline and humans have the same systems as zebras but modern life is not set up so that whenever we have a stress response we can go for a run burn off that energy take a nap and have a good meal (laughs) yeah 
How nice would it be if no, we could we're, all we're, do we're that? No, we're we're stuck at work answering more email, and the stress just builds and builds and builds, and you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So and for so, so for me, you know, self help is actually um, I'm actually good at it. Uh, the only the only part that I uh, struggle with under self help or self self help <laughs> self care is um, the sleeping part, and you know this. Um, um, I, my sleep is horrible, and like so, last night I also I didn't sleep well again. Um, so I go through stretches of good sleep and then stretches of bad sleep. But other than that, I I, um, I don't internalize much, and I don't. Um, I, I think I used to, but I don't uh, bash myself. I'm, I try to be kind to myself. All of that stuff. I do this thing where I th- where I think about the uh, these categories. So um, emotional space, having a need for that. Um, doing something physical and active every day, which I have no problem doing that, um, or spiritual need, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean religion, um, but kind of tapping into the spirit of who you are and something greater than yourself. Um, our sexual need, I think we're all sexual beings, and this doesn't mean just to have a lot of sex, although it can, it means to um, feel sexy. So whatever you are doing to fulfill that need to feel sexy our intellectual need, feeding our brain. I, I do listen to a ton of podcasts and audiobooks and stuff. Um, and then our purpose and passion need. And I, and I feel like if I'm kind of hitting all of those things and, and they don't have to be in the same amount, um, I'm, I'm flowing. I'm, I'm doing okay, you know? So do you have like a Venn diagram on your bedroom wall? No, be, like- no, because I, 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 so here's the thing. They don't have to all be perfectly like, you know, four things in each category because that's, I don't really believe in balance. I, I believe in this like human equalizer and everyone has their own travel base and, you know, the setting their equalizer to the pitch that works for you. Um, I enjoy work and by work i mean you know like what i'm doing right now producing content i drown in it i do it all day i love it um so that is obviously uh, a lot more i spend a lot more time doing that than say um you know fulfilling my uh emotional need or something so it's it's designing your life in a way that works for you and um it's going to be different for everyone but Mm. i feel like i feel like all of that should be in there um, most people, it's just, they just focus on work and, you know, basically work and money, you know, and I think there's other things like we, like movement, like we should get up and move as much as you can every day, you know? Yeah. And I, I think too, there's, there's an intuitive voice. Like we all know it, you know, um, I was supposed to take today off. I had it as a day off on the calendar then the week unfolded and then I said, oh, you know, I, I, I have work to do. I, I won't take today off anymore. And the way that I'm honestly intuitively feeling right now is I need to take the rest of the day off <laughs> and I need to clean my house and I need to go for a long walk and, yeah. you know, cook food and, um, plug into my people and just really disconnect from everything to give myself that break, to give my prefrontal cortex a break, to give my limbic system a break and to honor it. I think that's where I have the hardest problem is I get so scared that I'm going to let people down if I stop working for a second. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I think it's not just you. I think many can relate to that. Um, The pressures of 
um, getting things done, not only for yourself, but for other people, especially if you work um, for someone or if you're in like, some kind of, you know, corporate ladder job, you, you don't even have that choice. I mean, it's like you can't leave, <laughs> you know, and you got to. I think, yeah. And I think the world needs to change to accommodate that because there are some days where you just have to walk away. Mm hmm. I agree. I, 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 I think you're going to be more potent, more productive if you obviously take care of yourself. The other piece um, is the internal self-care. And mm. this, this is really interesting. So I was just talking about being kind to yourself. Um, when you screw up to not uh, go back and play it 5,000 times and, and you know, what's wrong with you. So the, the language that, you know, the way that you talk to yourself um, – I think sometimes the internal dialogue and the internal self-care uh, is actually more important than the the two-dimensional self-care like that I was just talking about, you know, the checklist. Do you think it's – so this is an interesting question, and I'll frame this for you. Do you think it's different for women and men, the internal self-care? Yes. Um, I think it, it – because of society. I, I don't think it's a biology thing. or Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't think it's a biological thing because, you know, you made a really interesting observation. I sent you an email last week that I was just beating myself up over and wanted to know yeah. how you thought I came off. Right. And you thought I was fine. Yeah. And so what happened in my head? <laughs> I mean, I thought you were direct, but I didn't think you were um, mean or like, you know, crazy or anything like that. Yeah, it was, I think it was a normal email. So for me, um, I'm a very direct person. Yes. And if you don't know me um, and don't also know that that comes with a massive amount of kindness and empathy, sure. um, I believe that I felt scared that my directness was like too much. Mm. And so that kind of goes into the whole self-care thing, right? It's like I fired off this email. I don't get a response. And then I go into a tailspin of like, what have I done? Right. You know? Right. And then, and then I tank like emotionally to the pits of sorrow of like, you know, I'm driving our company into the ground yeah, <laughs> and then I come back up again and I'm exhausted and the show must go on. And so like, so if you're coaching me, like knowing that this is my pattern, what's the solution? How do I break this crazy ass habit? Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you are very kind and gentle um, and compassionate to other people. I think it's one of your gifts. Um, but I wonder if you're like that to yourself. Hmm. I'm getting a lot better at it. I'd say, you know, for the most part, I'm pretty kind to myself where I'm not kind to myself is that, and I think this comes from a little bit of my upbringing. Um, both my parents are pretty, uh, tough folks. Yeah. And, um, my dad has a saying that I think is especially insane. He calls, um, pushing through uh, mental anguish to do hard things, running at the wall. Mm. And when I was growing up, he would describe, you know, running at the wall. And I'd look at him and be like, you're fucking crazy, you know. And now that I am a grown up and I'm I put myself in positions of of. Uh, self-sacrifice mm -hmm. in order to run at the wall. I, I'm kind of taking a look at it and saying, this isn't good. <laughs> right. Like, 
Yeah. I mean, I think part of self-care is standing up for yourself. And so going back to that email, um, being, uh, you know, being firm or being assertive and then saying, hey, listen, this is something that I'm okay with. It's not offensive. And I'm just going to stand up for myself with this email. Um, and this is okay. And I'm going to send it. And I'm going to, you know, stand by it. And if no one responds, then... You know, I get it, but that was my truth, and I'm willing to take, you know, whatever whatever comes or doesn't come from it. And I think um, I think that's part of self care, you know, is uh, um, being okay sometimes with doing things that may be out of your personality or you know something that you you uh, maybe be a little, a little bit afraid to do because it's not usually you. Um, but in this case, it feels honest. And then if so, then you stand, you stick up for yourself, you know? Yeah. So we're giving everybody a phenomenal case study on coaching with the inner workings of my brain. So what I go through, I think you guys as coaches will see in your clients so readily, folks who are second guessing themselves, folks who are trying so hard to keep a million balls in the air with their family, with their jobs, with their external relationships, um, folks who are just, you know, exhausted spiritually, yeah. psychologically, physically. Um, and I know that, that. I'm not the only one who experiences this. In fact, I know that it's pretty much epidemic. Mm -hmm. And people generally know that they're not taking care of themselves and they know what to do. They just can't execute it. They can't execute it. And there's, and, and that's the nut that needs to be cracked in the context of coaching is to build motivation for, um, for executing it. And, if I were coaching myself, if, or if, if, if I put myself into the position of client, the thing that I would say or offer up for examination is if you think about, um, you know, a series of paths that you could take at this moment, in what direction do you find relief? Like when you think about executing that path, like where do you find immediate relief? Mm-hmm. And I think that's always such a good signal intuitive signal to you as to like what a good choice might be right now right so for me if i think about taking the rest of the day off i feel immediate relief (laughs) (laughs) yes i I, i'm I'm imagining a donut and i feel instant relief but also also lined with guilt so that's kind of confusing it's so confusing i um I think with the execution piece, um, you know, just telling someone what to do is not going to work. So as life coaches, that that isn't your job. It's more to um, find out what the barriers are. You know, mm. what, are, what are the speed bumps? Why can't you do this for yourself? And I think when you start asking those questions, um, it leads to revelations. You know, I can't do this because I don't feel like I deserve to. I can't do this because uh, when I was growing up, you know, X, Y, Z and all that. And then I think when we start to explore and kind of dissect and and uh, dissolve a lot of the, you know, the stuff on, on, on why we are the way we are, then we can create a new framework. You know, then we can be like, okay, I'm going to push myself to do this. It's uncomfortable. And then after they do it, then you're like, how was that? And you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. I actually went home uh, two hours early from work. And usually I don't because I'm terrified and because my, I feel like I'm going to get fired and all this. But the sky never fell. 
Um, I took care of myself. I came home and I ordered a pizza, had a glass of wine, and it felt good. And I think when you're able to, as a life coach, give your client that experience, then they're like, okay, now I think I could do this again. And then, of course, you know, they're exercising that muscle and then self-care kind of becomes threaded into their life. It does. And, you know, the space for that kind of dialogue is what creates the movement. So, you know, I can tell everybody that experientially, just in the past, you know, 20 minutes of having this conversation with John, I have been coming to my own realizations. I started going through a checklist in my head of all of the reasons why it would be okay for me to take the rest of the day off. And I was able to assess for myself that there really isn't a threat or risk that I have to be concerned about right now. Um, and so if you guys are thinking about um, getting a coach to help you with your own stuff, um, it's not a magical potion. It's the space that exists between you and your coach to actually put this stuff out on the table and reason through it that provides the relief. Yes. And I want to kind of uh, end and remind people that getting a life coach is part of self-care. I think it's so easy for us to um, get a trainer, personal trainer, or, uh, you know, nutritionist or, you know, skincare or whatever. But when it comes to life coaching or therapy, we're like, eh, I don't know, you know, that's extra. And it's not extra. That's uh, one way to take care of yourselves. You know, I know Noel has a therapist. I have a therapist. We both see life coaches. Uh, that's self-care. It is. And this was my session today. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, guys, go to journey, com, and we have amazing life coaches there. Um, take care of yourselves and be well.